0: Okay, I can't hear you. You're muted. That's another way. You know okay. <laughs> you old when you're always talking muted. <laughs> uh huh. Got it. We're good. Hello, welcome to the Pregnant with Purpose podcast. I'm your host Regina Hassan, and this is a podcast for people who are 60 plus who are living out or looking for their God-given purpose. We come to celebrate or encourage them. Welcome back, everybody. It's me, Regina, your host for Pregnant With Purpose, and uh, I have uh, Dr. V. If you all were with us on our last uh, recording, you met Dr. V, and you were a part of some very, very, very good conversation. I loved it. Uh, This is a part two of our series regarding mental health and people over 60, and we'll just get into it, Dr. Uh, Leatherman, thank you. Thank you for joining me for part two. And yes, we are wearing the same clothes because we made we gave, gave ourselves permission
1: not to have to go and change, okay? So. <laughs> I love, and I love the way you take notes and apply what we're talking about because see, that's one of the biggest mistakes people make. They hear and they learn and they don't apply it. I fired one couple in my career because they didn't apply The things they learned. Wow! And I said, "You fired fired somebody out of uh, one couple. Really, my career because of that, and that's why I'm acknowledging you, because that's role modeling for other people. Don't just listen and learn. Take what you've learned and apply it, so you get the results. Yeah, that's great,
0: great, great. Thank you, Dr. Leatherman. Thank you. Yes. Okay, so." uh, I want to start out. Uh, uh, the, in the last uh, episode, we ended it with you giving us some uh, some of the issues people sixty plus are dealing with, and you know, you talked about one of the main ones the, uh, when they reach this age uh, of uh, sixty plus, uh, letting other people define what they should be doing, and really giving up on on living, you know, and not giving themselves the Permission to continue on in life, which I, I really uh, love. That uh, today I want to talk to you about um, uh, what are some of the what are some of the signs or, or symptoms that we should look out for, either for ourselves or for our loved ones sixty plus that indicate that we may need to seek therapy. What what are some of the things that you would say that we should we should probably be looking out for mm. or noticing, taking notice
1: right, of. Right, right. I, I I would say two primary categories and a secondary third one. Number okay. one, they're they're losing the joy of life. Mm. Life is no longer joyful. And that can manifest as socializing, that can manifest as taking care of themselves that can manifest as doing the things they enjoy doing that they used to do that could include um irritability grumpiness just symptoms of depression Mm. unhappiness the joy in life is gone for me okay But at the very same time, many 60-plusers become more anxious about too many things. Hmm. Anxiety becomes more generalized, not focused. We all have things that make us anxious. Mm -hmm. We all have things that we try to avoid. I try to avoid driving in bad weather. I, I, I get very anxious if the weather's bad and I need to drive. And I'd rather just wait right. and go another day or go later. But if, I'm, if my anxiety expands and becomes more generalized to so many things that I used to do comfortably, hmm. but now I'm more anxious. I'm anxious to be in a large store. I'm anxious to make a decision about something major in my life. I'm anxious about people coming over. I'm just generally anxious about so many things that historically, I really wasn't that anxious about. Hmm. And, I, and rather than cope to reduce my anxiety, I stopped doing the things that I used to do because of my anxiety. Okay. And those are, those are two telltale signs. The depression, the joy is gone. And the generalized, exaggerated anxiety about so many things and it. And it really takes on a, a form of fearfulness. Mm-hmm. I'm scared, right. Right. so yeah. now, I don't want to do that. And mm-hmm. then, of course, there's just the subtle and obvious mental decline. You know, you're telling me the same thing four times. You're forgetting to lock the door. You're forgetting to do this or that. Your attention span is is shorter than four seconds. Mm-hmm. So there's the cognitive decline. I, I don't find the words. I can't remember what I was trying to say. So those are three key indicators. And I'm gonna go back to what I said in the last episode. To some degree, I've got to push through those areas. I've got to I've got to make myself do things I don't want to do mm-hmm. because I Cannot let my feelings start to control me. Hmm. I control me, not my feelings, but the thoughts that precede my feelings influence what I do or don't do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a formula there. It starts with my thinking. What am I thinking that makes me feel whatever the feeling is? And then what do I do in the face of that feeling that affects my behavior
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that I'm, I'm i'm thinking right now hey this, we're, they're getting this for free there's no charge for this uh, <laughs> these are some pearls this is money right here these are some pearls uh i, I i'm thinking about my own anxiety and fears and mm-hmm. i like what you said man you know we have to push through you know we have to just push through some things that we don't like exercise you know yeah. i uh, you know, exercise makes me break out in a sweat. Uh, I don't like to do it, but right. like you said, you know, it's good, you right. know, because uh, there is a decline, you know, and you know, if I want to continue to, to walk my dog or um, uh, regularly, you know, if I want to continue to be able to walk from my apartment to out to the parking lot to where my car without having to feel like I'm about to pass out, if I want to do a simple task as make my bed, right? Putting on that fitted sheet without right. feeling exhausted, that's right. no I need to exercise. I, I need to do some cardio. I need to right. get out there and do some cardio.
1: And let me let me let me underscore the anxiety piece. Because what we actually do, if we avoid things that we don't want to do or that scare us, we strengthen. That response of fear and anxiety. Right, right. Because we avoided it. So, the more we avoid it, the stronger the avoidance response becomes, and the less likely we are to accomplish that behavior that was difficult. That's just behavior management modification 101.
0: Right. right.
1: The behaviors that get reinforced are repeated. Wow. And if I reinforce avoided behaviors, they get strengthened. Wow! And before That's I have true. to make my-
0: who do I make the check out to? Doctor <laughs> Leatherman, <laughs> the Verdi Leatherman. Well, no.
1: of- <laughs> no, you make it out to your podcast. Wow!
0: Wow! I'm telling you, you are speaking to me.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm speaking to me. Remember what I told you last? Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, Why man. Why do you <laughs> think I gotta? why do you think I got out of the bed this morning? Because I can't <laughs> be a hypocrite.
0: Right, exactly. I really to, right, but exactly. I knew
1: I had, to, I had to start, my day started early. If I didn't get it in early, I would drop it out, and then I'd be a hypocrite.
0: Right, exactly.
1: And my son would hold me accountable because he's, <laughs> he's my accountability partner. He's your
0: accountability partner. <laughs> yes, good, yes, good. Yes, That's, yes. We all need accountability partners. Absolutely. Okay, so... Um, you had mentioned, you know, we, we're talking about, you know, uh, we just got through talking about, uh, things that indicate that, you know, someone may need help. Okay. So they're seeking, uh, a therapist and you had mentioned in the, uh, part one, not all therapists are equal or created equal. What should we look for? in a therapist, when we have made the decision that, hey, I'm going to give this therapy a try, or I'm going to return to therapy, what should we look for in a therapist? Besides the fact, this is always the biggie, do you accept my
1: insurance? What are some things that we need to look for? Other things that we need to look for? I'm going to keep it very simple. Okay. Fit matters. Fit matters. Because if I'm not comfortable opening up to you, Mm. we're playing games. Mm. So I must feel comfortable with you. And then your credentials will, they will speak for themselves.
0: Right. Exactly.
1: Whether you do a good job or not will speak for themselves as we continue. But the first indicator is this fits. I Mm. feel comfortable enough here. I tell people to get a little naked and go into some places in my life that I'm typically not opening up to other people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because if we're not going to do that, we're just going to skim the surface and you might as well just watch a podcast. Right, right. Because to really do the work, I have to trust you enough. It's like me as a therapist. I can't just go down the yellow pages and pick a therapist. Hi, I'm here, let's work together. No, mm-hmm. I know what I'm looking for. I know what I expect out of you. And at the end of the day, I wanna feel comfortable enough opening up to you. So I tell people fit matters. Don't just think just because you sit in front of a therapist, you're gonna get your work done. No. Right. Now, it, and for some people, it takes more time to get comfortable. And I'm not saying fire somebody at the first sight. after the first time, right. But at the same time, you want to feel that you can be vulnerable and transparent and safe in that office with that person. And it, and it is amazing to me. My my clientele is so diverse; it's ridiculous. I've got mm. eighty year olds. I've got five year olds. I've got I've got whites, blacks, men, women, teenagers, couples. In the, uh, so it's not about physical appearance, right? Much as it is about can my heart connect to your heart, wow. in a way that allows me to open up and show you what my heart, where my heart needs help.
0: I can remember uh, when I first started into uh, substance abuse, I felt like uh, that uh, substance abuse counselor needed to be someone. Who had had that experience of uh, drug use or alcoholism or anything like that? And I felt real strong about that, <clears throat> and because I was someone uh, who had had that experience, so I, I always felt like that was the connection. And then it hit me about something, uh, and I thought about it when uh, you know when I when I start uh, uh, doing becoming a director and. Um, the counselors would come to me and say, you know, my my client doesn't want to see me because, you know, I, I didn't do, you know, they have the credentialing, but, right. you know, my client, is, because I don't have a history of uh, substance abuse in my family. I I may be a child of an alcoholic, but I, I don't have that history. And I start thinking, and it just hit me that <clears throat> if if your arm is broken and you go to the emergency room, and they come in to treat your arm. You never ask the doctor, "Have you had a broken arm before?" <laughs> before you let them treat you, you know, it's like I'm in pain. I don't care if you ever had a broken. Arm. Do you know how to fix this? This pain I'm in, and that's all I'm looking for. Right. And then, but then in certain um, fields, we feel like the people have to have that same exact experience, you know. Uh, for them to be able to, to some people feel that way, not everybody, but to have that same exact experience for you to be able to treat me. So, you know, unless you've been through a horrible, horrible, traumatic experience, and I have been, I don't feel like that I you will be able to help me, which is not the case at all. Um, yeah. um, and And I think that it's important that people to see that, you know, and hear that, you know, I, and I know people sharing, like I, I know 12 step programs are very effective because it's, it's one addict alcoholic helping another. I know they are very uh, effective, but I also know that people who may not have necessarily uh, been victim to or have fallen to addiction uh, can be very helpful to uh, people who, who have. So I, I wanted to throw that out there uh, when, when looking for someone because- right. And when I really don't want to go to therapy, Dr. Uh, Dr Leatherman, when I really don't want, I'm going to nitpick about everything with you. I'm going to come in and say, you know, I don't like the color of her wall color. I just, I couldn't. Right. With
1: it. Right. But And let me add this to it. I agree with you 1000%. And when you are really looking to get the help you need. You won't even remember what my office looked like. Exactly, it's exactly. not even about that. And so yes. many times, my clients will say, "Is that a new chair?" No, it's not. It's <laughs> they not remember. And yeah. so you, might. but two things. Let me say this about about that connection experience. My children are healthy and alive. Mm-hmm. I've counseled so many parents who've lost children. Right. My pa- my children are healthy and alive. Wow! That yes. doesn't stop me from being able to put myself in their shoes, mm-hmm. and that's why I start my session by saying I've been on the sofa, mm-hmm. because I want my clients to know I have not lived in a bubble. I have not avoided life's pains. I may not have had your pains, but I have had my own pains, and pain is not a respecter of person. Person, that's right. That's all. right. So I just, I just want someone who can empathize with Mm -hmm. my pain and help me heal and move through it, but they don't have to have experienced my same pain. And one of my, one of my supervisors from years ago said, therapist, sometimes you're about three inches ahead of your client Hmm. because what you're going through is just ahead of where they are. And we still counsel our people.
0: Wow. 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 Dr. Leatherman, you know, I, that makes so much sense of uh, what you had said earlier, because you said, if, you know, if when I really want the help, it's not going to make any difference. You know, it's when you're drowning, throw me a lifesaver. It doesn't have to be a certain color. I, you know, I'm not going to throw it back and say, do you have a blue one you right, know, but- I, when I'm drowning? And I mean, that that's very good. That's very good to know. Yes. That's yes. very good. Yes. So, Dr. Leatherman, if you needed to let people know, you want people to know something and uh, about mental health, uh, or you want to give them uh, uh, some advice or, or a little pearl of, of wisdom, well, you know, what would you say to them,
1: uh, Dr. Leatherman? Excellent question. Excellent question. Mental health is a continuum. It's a continuum from not very much to very severe mm. and the, the average is in the middle somewhere. And I cannot give you a diagnosis and you know how that's impacting me. Right. right and right. we get caught up in thinking we know what a, a diagnosis means about a person right. without fully appreciating that spectrum. And we have to be careful that we don't define and limit and classify people erroneously because we hear bipolar or we hear depression or we hear schizophrenia. I told a little boy this morning about the little girl with no arms and legs who learned to brush her teeth with her feet. Mm. And she has no arms and legs, and you could classify her and write her off as totally helpless, Right. To go inside her home and watch her interact with their family and do the huh. things she does. So when we talk about the broad spectrum of mental illness, we have to be careful not to erroneously label people because of what we think that means about them, and a label, a diagnosis is only part of who they are. Mm. That does not define them as a total human being. And we cannot, that's the stigma. You're just, oh my God, oh my God, it means A, B, C, D. No, it doesn't. I to know you and I know how you function. And the second part, which is more important than that part, is if you're not responsible for a mild condition on the spectrum, it can become severe. Severe. So responsibility and compliance and understanding your mental health is critical in how you live your life.
0: Wow, that's good.
1: Too many people delegate their responsibility and don't have accountability partners to help them manage whatever their circumstances are in life.
0: So we see things that's are so good because we can see things, we can see things that are not right. And, and like you say, we, you know, we're so quick to put it in a box and to diagnose it and say, Oh, they're suffering from blah, 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 blah. Exactly. And, you know, kind of like turn away from it, you know, and, and, and without really, you know, helping the person or even ourselves, just really just kind of like, turn turn our heads away from it right. you know we right. see it's coming right, right. And, and like you say it can start our mile mm-hmm. you know we we all had situations or we've all had those situations where we may have seen somebody in our family that it started out real mile but we you know we looked the other way we know right. we didn't pay any attention I had I had an aunt who suffered from uh, alcoholism you know however she only drank beer and you know you couldn't possibly be an alcoholic from beer. You know, I mean that's that doesn't even make any right. sense. So right. that it wasn't addressed, it wasn't looked up, it wasn't right. looked upon. So
1: yeah. So and let me can I say one more thing about that? Sure, sure, go ahead. I love to tell family members, whatever the family dynamic is, if you're concerned about a family member, because you're family, you have the prerogative to ask people to do things just because you ask them. Mm. If you're concerned and worried, you have the prerogative to say, you know, mama, daddy, son, I think it would be helpful. Will you go one time just because I'm asking you to? Wow. And if you and the therapist decide you don't need to be there, I will respect that. But do it for me because I love you. Because we've all done things for people we didn't want to do. Right, right. That is the definition of love. And Mm -hmm. whether it's we changed your diaper, or we wiped your vomit up, or we got Mm -hmm. you out of jail. Mm -hmm, We've mm -hmm. all done things for people. So we should be able to turn around and say, mama, daddy, son, daughter, cousin, auntie. Do it for me because I love you and I'm Mm -hmm. concerned. And then you and the professional decide.
0: Wow,
1: wow bad. that's good, and that that's way you, you give them choice, but you communicate your love and your concern not your crazy they are, your right? Love and your concern for them, and people are surprised how many times a family member will go, Okay, fine, and then once, <laughs> they, and then once they get there, they say, hmm,
0: hmm,
1: that wasn't so bad, that wasn't so bad. And I'll tell you one funny story from the police department. An officer told her friend, "We're going to lunch." Guess where lunch was? Where? My office. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's she did good.
1: Took. She did what it took to get her friend there. Then she backed off and left it alone.
0: That is good. That now is a I'm good not.
1: One. I'm not saying trick people. Right. But sometimes that's what you need to do to mm-hmm. get people in front of a professional so the professional can have some input but basically if you love someone and they love you you can ask them to do things they don't want to do and and you know
0: what i like that and once again you're giving yourself permission
1: because that's
0: a struggle for people sometimes is to confront that family member and they come up with every other reason you know you need to go you know you need to go look how you've been acting. you know some of the you know instead of just real simply saying, because I'm asking you to.
1: Yeah, and it's not a confrontation. Right. It's an act of love and concern, exactly. It's not a confrontation. And you should not raise the issue when it's a moment of heat or tension or something like that. Right,
0: right, that's good, that's good. Well, Dr. Leatherman, I have really enjoyed this, but I don't want to end this podcast without mentioning your two books that you have in print right yes, and ma'am. your upcoming book yes ma'am uh, which will be out pretty soon right
1: yes. yes ma'am and the
0: the third book is called uh surrender or explode learning to play the game of life god's way i love that i love that title Thank and you. the the first two books were uh, are uh when god speaks people who hear are healed I love that. And, uh, and and it's a collection of written answers to prayers from God spoken to ordinary people. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. And then the second book, <laughs> uh, this one hits me, steps on my toes, uh, Dr. Leatherman. Said, if God wanted to talk to you, would you listen? Mm-hmm. I'm going to repeat the, the, that second book again, okay? <laughs> yes, sir. If ma'am. God wanted to talk to you, you would you listen
1: um
0: and those books uh, uh all of the books will be available uh through dr uh, verdi uh dr verdi's website and it's scrolling across the screen and it's www.verdi, V-E-R-D-I leatherman l-e-t-h-e-r-m-o-n.com because we are available on other uh um we are available on other podcast stations but just um audio we're not um we're not um visual we're not videoing but we are available on other podcast uh stations and Uh, and, um so i want to make sure everyone gets the um gets that um website once again is www.verdileatherman.com. yes ma'am. um yes. I, I don't know what other people are gonna do after hearing you today dr leatherman but i'll be calling you for an appointment uh to see you um i have enjoyed this i thank you so much thank for uh, spending some time and talking with me about this issue of mental health Like I said, I think this is a very serious issue and it's not new uh, at all. But I I do appreciate that it is uh, the pandemic has uh, put a light on this and more people are starting to
1: realize uh, the importance of mental health. So thank you, Dr. Leatherman. Thank you so much for having me. This topic is life changing and I hope that it's been helpful to your audience okay all
0: right right. here's another one you know you're old you know you're old when you get into an argument with a friend or or with a family member and you say i know i sent you a text i sent you a text about it i know i did and uh then you pull up your phone to show proof that you sent the text and then you realize that you wrote the text out but you never sent it you know (laughs) you are that's it that's it for uh this week and once again let me say it like i like to say it if you're not dead god's not
1: done see you thank you bye-bye